Hey y'all, this is Chris, and I'm Imperfectly Polly. This is my story. So today, I'm going to talk about a little bit of a personal thing that comes along with me, and doesn't really apply as much to Polly itself, but, you know, it's, it's a really important topic that I think a lot of people, unfortunately, experience. And you know, in a nutshell, that's mental health. Um, we, we need to make that more and more mainstream where people can talk about it. And I have really been trying to be extremely vulnerable and open about my mental health. And I've had a, quite a journey over the last three years. And I thought that would be you know, worth telling my story around that. So there's a fair chance I'll cry sometime during this. So don't laugh too hard at me if I do, but it's a, it's a long tell and we'll just start from the beginning. Um, the real rocky journey begins in January of 2021. I hit rock bottom right at the end of that on January 31st, I I hit rock bottom as hard as you can hit it. I thought my life was over. I tried to make it over and I did some bad things that I regret. And I came out of that night really understanding that something had to change up till then. I had never thought therapy was a thing. I thought that was just, you know, some, you know, fruity BS. Um, and I'd always kind of just turned my nose up to it kind of thing. I never understood it. And I, you know, of course, never seen a, a psychiatrist, never been on any meds or anything like that. I grew up in the, the era of, you know, boy, get up, rub some dirt on it. You're fine. You know, and, and it's the very stereotypical, Thing where guys just didn't talk about their feelings. We just grinned and bear it. Um, and I know there's girls, of course, that do similar, but it's very, of course, stereotypical with, with men. Um, but any which way, definitely that way for me. And that's kind of the way I was raised. And so I just, I packed everything away. Um, but in my head, for 20 years, I knew I was suffering. I, I felt it all. Um, I actually had my first attempt back in high school. Um, and no one ever really knew. I kept it on the DL and kind of kept it all hidden away. And I was able to ride through that. I went to college, survived that. And you know, of course, got married, had the babies, got a job, was successful, all of the things. And not a soul would have ever believed what was really going on inside my head. I became a mask master. Uh, I, I lived a very different life outside my head than I did within it. And that became a challenge. 
as as time continued to pass on and I continued just to pack away the pain and pack away the stress, I it I let it get to me. Um in you know twenty twenty, as as everybody knows, things got a whole new level of crazy. And I definitely felt that. Um, I had some some pretty big responsibilities. I hope I won't go into them, but there were some some unique things that happened to me that really sent me over the edge. And I had already been using alcohol as a, a crutch. You know, I come home from from work. It's been a stressful day. Let me, you know, let me wind down a little bit with a, with a beverage. Um, but it wasn't terrible for a while. Um, but I definitely was self-medicating using it. Then summertime 2020 comes along. A couple of incidents happen and I snap. I, I can't handle my stress anymore. And I start to just simply drink it all away. And I began heavy, heavy drinking, daily drinking. And it just went downhill so freaking fast. And by January, that's when I hit it. And when you hit rock bottom, let me tell you, boy, you hit hard. And that's where I was. So I'm sitting there very, very depressed. <laughs> I'm I'm hungover as hell getting released from jail. And I, you know, I've been bleeding all over the place. And I'm know something's gotta change. I had a really good friend. She took me to my first AA meeting. I knew that was step one, is I needed to get off the alcohol. And I, I had to start there. And I had a uh, an appointment with a psychiatrist that upcoming Wednesday. So, good start. I was able to, of course, get on some, some depression meds, that kind of thing. Because, uh, you know, that's the easiest solution. Hey, you're sad. You, you've, you've had a bad time. Let's, let's just get you happy. So, hey, fair start. I can't, can't fault anybody for taking the, the, the easy route, um, to start with. We had no real information to say otherwise, but you know, time goes on. I get sober. I, I continue to go to AA for a long time and was able to, to really start to maintain that. And it, it was, it was easy enough once I, you know, kind of got clean. And, and, and I found my higher power being the people around me. And I really started motivating myself to do better for my kids and my family. So I get clean and I'm, I'm rocking and rolling, but something's still not quite right. My anxiety's too high. I've got a lot of irritability that comes and goes, um, and it's just, just not quite right. Um, and I can't focus. And so I talked to my doctor, um, specifically about the focus and the anxiety and, and he gives me some meds, some, some ADHD meds actually. And 
there's a little thing that I found out after all this went down that apparently ADHD meds, when given to a bipolar person, uh, reacts very poorly. And so when he gave those to me that first week, I became an absolute raging asshole. Um, next level. And I'm usually a pretty calm guy overall. And I was not myself and I noticed it so fast. And so I let the doctor know we discontinued those immediately. And that was a flag to him that I'm not depressed with ADHD. I'm probably bipolar. Um, and specifically, uh, bipolar depression or bipolar two, as, as most people, uh, you know, know one or the other, they're the same thing, but okay. So now I'm bipolar. What does that mean? Um, a lot of people have these preconceived notions of what bipolar is. And when I tell people I'm bipolar, you know, there's some, some strange reactions sometimes because people don't understand what that really means. They think I'm going to be just this overly emotional, you know, just, you know, hair trigger flying all over the place. And, and no, that's not me. Um, and, and they become really anxious about, you know, who I'm going to be day to day. Uh, the bottom line is I'm me every day. It's, it's just me. Um, and some days, yeah, I'm going to be a, a little bit happier. Some days I'm going to be a little bit sadder. Um, and some days I won't be able to tell you why, but I'm just cranky. Um, and some days I'm going to tell you, I'm just fucking sad and it sucks. But, you know, it, it, it comes and it goes. There's these, you know, large waves. That's what my doctor used to say. And it really helped me understand is you can think of your bipolar as these big waves of emotion that come in slowly and go out slowly, um, relatively slowly. Right. Um, for me, I'm, uh, I'm a faster, uh, switching person. So, you know, it'll come in and, you know, a handful of days and then right back out, um, <clears throat> maybe a week or so I've had some, uh, depressive episodes the last couple of weeks, um, maybe closer to a month, but anyway, uh, you know, overall, usually it comes in and it's a relatively short period and then it kind of just wanes back out, uh, or at least the severe part of it is fairly short. And so you got these waves that are your, de your depression, but that doesn't stop the, the, the actual changes in your environment. So, you know, I could be in a depressive episode and, you know, my daughter comes home and tells me something awesome happened to her at school. I'm going to be happy about that. Right. That's going to, that's going to bring me up. Um, and Lord knows I can be in a, a, a hypomanic episode and be just high as a kite and, and happy go lucky about everything. And someone tells me that, you know, uh, whatever bad news and all of a sudden I'm, you know, I'm down and it sucks. So that's, you know, kind of the, the, the general idea of it, but you know, what, for, for those who actually know, you know, more about bipolar, you think mania, um, you think a lot of the psychosis and things like that that come along. So what's really the difference between bipolar one and bipolar two? Um, that's a 
very valid question that, that a lot of people don't understand. Um, so, you know, depression is, is, is very possible on both one and two. Uh, I definitely have my fair share of depression. Um, and, and it, it's, uh, it can be pretty severe. Um, on the mania side though, on the upside, I, I don't have full mania. Um, what people usually think of as mania where you're just completely out of control. You often you need to go to the hospital, um, often really, you know, get past it and you regret, uh, what you've done because you just think you're invincible, um, and can take on the world, um, or, you know, any number of other things. Thank God I don't have full mania. What I have is hypomania. Um, and so hypomania is a less severe version uh, of mania. So I'm still up and I'm either, you know, a little too happy. It's kind of odd or I'm a little too irritable and it's kind of odd. Uh, I definitely get impulsive during that time. Um, Lord knows me getting on Amazon during that time is not the best idea in the world. Um, and, uh, so, you know, it's, but it's not, you know, full Um, reckless abandon. Thank goodness. Also during that time, I don't have any of the psychosis symptoms. Psychosis is the delusions and hallucinations that come along where people, you know, think different things, uh, are around that aren't really there. Uh, thank goodness. I, I don't have that. Um, I, it doesn't come along with bipolar two or, or hypomania states. I, in general, bipolar two doesn't get as bad as to go to the hospital. Um, and I've heard lots and lots of stories for bipolar one folks who have had to suffer through that. And it's, um, uh, in, in general, bipolar two is a little bit less of an impact on your, your daily life, uh, versus a lot of people who own bipolar one, they, they, it's, they, they, they take a hit there. Um, so anyways, that's kind of the difference between the two. What do you do about it though? Right. Um, so for me, it's a, it's a combination. You, you, you have to hit this thing from multiple aspects and there's really kind of three overall, um, two that everybody knows about, uh, meds and therapy. But the third one I like to talk about, of course, is, is support. You need, you need a support system. And for me, I got on meds. Uh, you know, I'm on a, uh, a mood stabilizer and some other stuff. And all of that little cocktail you know, I was trying to do its best to, to keep me from having those big waves I was talking about go so high or go so low. And it, you know, does an okay job. Um, I also have to realize that I can't do everything with meds. And so I, you know, have been doing therapy. Uh, I've been doing therapy pretty much, you know, the whole time since I had my rock bottom incident. Um, but it became especially, uh, needed after I, I, I found out my bipolar diagnosis. <clears throat> so I, uh, 
that, that's kind of what we're doing to, to kind of take care of it. Um, but the third thing is, it's really the important part too, is, is having people who are understanding and loving in your life, people who accept you for who you are, um, because you need to be able to talk about the, the shit in your head. Um, and when I have my ideation and I'm feeling so low and thinking the world would be better off without me, I, I can't just bottle it up inside. I need to be able to get it out through either, you know, taking a journal's notes and, and, and getting it out of me that way, or, you know, talking to one of my partners, um, and, you know, being able just to tell my partners, man, I feel alone. I really feel alone in the world. I'm sitting in this huge crowd and I'm still alone. That's a bummer. Um, but having someone who can sit there beside you and, you know, just, they just touch me and say, no, no, you're not alone. That goes a long way. Um, and you know, people who act like they want to understand, uh, because it's so different, but those are the, the things that come along for me to, to really help me get through it. Meds suck though, because it seems like I'm changing meds too often. I'm actually in the middle of big struggle with it and I'm probably, well, tomorrow's my appointment. So starting tomorrow, I may be on a, a different regimen and that's going to suck. I'm not looking forward to it at all. So we'll see. Um, but in addition to the meds, like I said, therapy is a big one. Um, but therapy sucks. And let me tell you why. It's not for what you think it's going to be. It's not just because, you know, you have a therapist that calls you out on your bullshit or, uh, you know, it's, you've got to tell your whole life story and, or any of those kinds of things. It's not that therapy sucks because it's so hard to afford a therapist, to keep a therapist, to build that rapport with a therapist that you need. Um, I've been, you know, in therapy now for three years and I've lost count of how many therapists I've went through and it absolutely drives me batshit. I've had two really good ones that, that stayed around for several months and thank goodness both of those were absolutely outstanding and gave me this big old bucket full of tools that, that helped me. But in addition to that, I've had this like revolving door of maybe two month, um, therapist, three month therapist where, you know, by the time they know how to spell your name, they're back out the door. And that's, and I, I just seem like I'm always sitting there just telling the same damn story over and over again, you know? And, and, and I know there's, there's the continuity of care and things like that, where they're, you know, they pass the notes forward, but it's different in a note format versus actually hearing it. Right. And, and I've definitely experienced a lot of that. So it just sucks. I wish that was more accessible, uh, by everybody. <clears throat> it really needs to be, um, uh, because there's a lot of benefit there. The, having these tools that, you know, when you hear about them, sure. It's like, Oh, I mean, that's intuitive. Why wouldn't I do that? But you didn't think about it before they said that. Um, 
you know, just, just reframing the problem goes a long way. And I really have found that to be so helpful. And so, you know, that's why I, I lean into to therapy. Um, but just like my meds, I'm sitting here in this huge time of change in my life. My therapist can only meet late at night on Wednesdays. And that is awful. When I come home from work, the last thing I want to do at eight o'clock at night is have a therapy session right before I go to bed. No, I am wanting to wind my ass down and go climb in bed. You know, I want to watch an episode of me. What the fuck ever, you know, <laughs> I, I don't want to, you know, be on a really emotional phone call and, you know, get so wound up. Uh, and so by nine o'clock now, when I need to be falling asleep, my brain is going 90 miles an hour. Fuck that. Let me just tell you. So because that doesn't work for me, I'm now in the middle of a brand new search for a brand new therapist. Uh, fuck my life. So that's all part of that. But like I said, I've got the bag of tricks that I've learned from the two good therapists and, and I'm definitely toting that along, uh, as I go. The other thing that, that, that's helpful that I think is really, really important is, and I'm celebrating right now is, is my sobriety. I, as I said, you know, I, I, I have to feel everything. I have to push through everything and that I can be difficult. Um, but not muddying the waters inside my head and making me process, making me feel, um, really helps. It's a good, it's a good thing in the long term. God knows in the middle of it, it is the worst, just absolute worst. But, you know, once you get past that time, it gets better and you get healthier and you get stronger. Um, the wild thing about all this is that I'm living my life very open. You know, not only am I not doing the obligatory, obligatory, Hey, three years. Yay. Me. Woo. Look at me. I'm not, I'm not doing that shit. I'm, I mean, I am, but not for that reason. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm posting throughout the year, man, I'm suffering, you know, Hey, but we've got this and posting, you know, little stories that are bipolar related or mental health related that, you know, show some kind of lesson either to another person suffering or to those who have to support us. And, you know, trying to share that as much as I can. And I did it, you know, because in my head, I'm like, huh, you know, maybe I'll help somebody. But, you know, at the same time, I'm also thinking, yeah, right. I've only got a few friends. It's, you know, there's not that many people following me on social media. Can't be that much of an impact, right? Well, we just passed my three years and, you know, I posted a, a thing about my three years and, and yeah, so I, I posted the thing about three years and I was amazed, absolutely amazed when so many people came out of the woodwork, just out of nowhere saying how I helped them, 
um, in various ways. But, you know, I had one person in particular that I had no idea that they were suffering. And they, they yeah, they came out and said, hey, you've, you've motivated me. I, I just decided to go get uh, some, some help. And they had just went to the doctor and just gotten on some medication. And that ultimately was because I was, you know, I was strong enough to say, it's okay to not be okay. It is okay to not be okay. And we have to make that so normal for everyone to hear. And I was just blown away by that. You know, at the same time, you know, I, 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 I coach softball. And so one of these, one of these young girls that became my child, um, I, I loved her absolutely as my own. I still love her like she's my own, uh, but of course she's grown now because, you know, I'm an old fart. Um, but she comes out of the woodwork and tells me how she's been suffering. And let me tell you that, that breaks a man's heart. It, it's so rough to hear someone you love that like a child has been suffering with the same dark things that you think of the same dark places that you never want to go, but you just live every day. And she's living that. Um, that's, that's hard, but you know what? I'm, I'm a bonus dad. And by God, I'm going to stand right beside her and we're going to walk through that darkness together. Right. And in all of this, you know, knowing that I'm helping people really uplifts me, really brings me so much joy. And that, in addition to an incredible, astounding number of people just reached out in support, not just the obligatory, Oh, congratulations kind of stuff. You know, they actually were like, Hey, if you need me, I'm here. And it really was wonderful to, to, to see all that. And it kind of just adds up between me helping people and people being willing to be there for me. I saw that it, you know, there's something really there. I'm, I am making a change. Even if I save one person from a little bit of suffering, it's worth it. So I don't know. I'm rambling on, um, but I've hit three years sober, two years into this bipolar battle, knowing what it is. And, you know, I'll look in the mirror and look back in time and go, yep, yeah, I should have known that a long time ago, but I didn't. All I can do is do better and do for, go forward. But here I am. So what does this look like from here on out? Well, as I mentioned, I get to go through a change in meds. God help me. I got to find another therapist while I go through that change in meds. God help me again. Um, but I do have a support system. Thank God. Um, you know, and it's a support system I didn't know I had. Cause if you'd have asked me a week ago, I was alone. I was absolutely alone and I didn't have anybody. Um, I just, I mentioned that, you know, Melissa and I broke up. And so a week ago we were broke up. She was my rock and I didn't have her anymore. And so without the support system of her, I thought I was completely alone in the world. Um, 
you know, even Danielle's not the, the support system that I needed. And I found one. They came out of nowhere. And now I have multiple people that I'm talking to. Even one complete stranger I posted on a forum. And he came out of nowhere and was like, man, I, I feel a connection with you. And we talked about it. And it's it's been nice. We've been talking basically daily since then. So anyway, that's kind of who I am on the bipolar side. I My thoughts on mental health and my story revolving mental health. I know this hasn't been the most uplifting, uh, but it's, it's a truthful one and it's a, it's a deep personal one and I hope you appreciate it. I guess that's all I've got for today. I really hope you enjoyed it. And I'm Chris, I'm imperfectly Polly. This is my story. <laughs>